you know, in, in 2007, I said, you know, it would be so much easier if I didn't have hope because hope is where pain enters in because there's a, an expectation that something could be better and what I'm in is not that great. Um, I said, if I didn't have hope, I would still be okay. Um, and she said, but Amy, that's not how God works. That isn't who God is. And that really allowed me to see God with new eyes. And so that began, you know, a whole new renewed relationship with, with my Lord and my faith and all of what that means to me. Let's go! You are listening to the Heath Fluids Podcast. And we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the Second Chance Coachman, Michael David Huey. Welcome to another session of the Heath Nuance Podcast. This is Michael David Huey, and it's actually a really nice day today. The weather in Florida now is kind of, um, and I'm not going to compare it to where my guest is today because she's up north, and it's the, the, the weather up north right now is really, really nice. It's kind of... You know, it's that that fallish type of time, and I was just in Ohio a couple of weeks ago, and it was really, really nice. <laughs> I was like, uh, "Do I have to come back? Can I just stay up here till it gets really cold, and then I'll come back?" And I was like, "My mom's like, yes." You know how our parents are; they're like, uh, yeah. "Yes," like they don't want us to leave. Um, you know, I was talking to my mom this morning a little bit about that, and she's actually going to come here for two months with her and my stepdad, and kind of help us with some back end stuff which I'm super excited about cuz my 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 stepfather is great at financial stuff and he's just I think that's probably why my mom married him but no I'm just kidding I I'm just kidding but he's he's really good at that stuff and um so and my mom is really good at clerical stuff even in her late 70s she's just you know she's got things together and she's yeah. And that's why I really, I really, really, really like being up North during the fall and uh, I'm a golfer. So that, that makes it easier, but you know, my guests and I, we, we believe in God's timing. And so today, um, my wife and I had the, the privilege, um, of being, of speaking at one of Amy's events and Amy is, you know, um, Amy's calling is in the kingdom, just like mine, right? Like, it's really funny. I was, I shared a post today. Um, uh, a quote from Zig Ziglar about changing, right? About changing the direction, but still knowing the end uh, destiny, right? And it and it brought me back to a thought process and a uh, message that I had preached in my church um, when we were going through the Psalms, and uh, and the psalmist was on his journey, and he and he kept looking to the mountains, which was his destiny to get. To, to his place of worship. But what he didn't realize is that God was there with him the whole entire time. Right. And, um, when I started to realize that more from this post, um, I mentioned about a very, uh, I went into a clubhouse room a couple weeks, a couple, couple, about a week ago, um, just on a whim, just a half hour break I had. And I saw this topic of coaches, you know, and I went in and, um, and I, the guy called me up and asked me a question and uh, he, he was a young gentleman who went from rags to riches, you know, and he did it from through the kingdom. He got saved. And now he teaches people. It's funny how guys who were been had nothing are teaching people about finances in the kingdom. Right. It's just it's it just makes sense. Right. It's it's and um, out of the clear blue, he says to me, uh, Michael, I, I, I don't real, I don't often do this when I'm modding a room. 
but I feel like this is important. And I just wanted to tell you that you have an apostolic anointing. And I was like, let's go. I was like, I was like, let's go. And I told my pastor about it. And he said, I could have told you that a long time ago. And, and when he said it, it was kind of refreshing because my pastor, when we came to this new church, Amy, he kind of said, Hey, what do you want to do? Like, well, I know you've been in ministry for so long. I've known, I've had known my pastor for 15 years. And then we moved and just happened to be a great transition, right? Into a church that we had visited off and on for about 10 years, really. Oh. And, um, and he said, what do you want to do? And I said, whatever you want me to do. And then he said, it's okay to say no. And then at that same time, I had been reading the book, um, uh, Boundaries by Townsend and Cloud, right? Which Amy knows very, very well, right? From a psychotherapist standpoint, like, like you, it's good to say yes, it's good to say no. And he said, I just want to tell you that I value that you're able to say no. And I know that, and I value that you're able to say yes when it's that right time. And then he said, selfishly, I would like you to be more active in the church. But I also know that your calling is in the marketplace and your ministry is in the marketplace. And I think sometimes as believers, we forget that. We forget that. And one thing that I, and then I'm going to have Amy, I'm just going to tell you a little brief because I don't like to steal people's thunder. I just like to tell a little brief thing about them. Um, usually people like to go into a long journey, but then I feel like I still like my chance of hearing them tell me about themselves. Right. And I feel like I know Amy really well, to be honest with you. Like I, I feel like I do. And I'm sure she feels like she knows me very well too. Um, but I think what's great about having a podcast and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest is I selfishly like it because I feel like I, I dive deep into some things that the Lord brings to the forefront while we're talking. And then it allows us to get to know each other better, how we can serve each other and how, when we come across people that need the person, we know how, Hey, that person needs to, to, to see Amy. Right. And, um, for me, that's why I do these, I do these to serve others, but I also do them because I want to learn to get to know people. Right. And so um, Amy is a licensed psychotherapist, which is really funny. My podcast that goes live tomorrow is with my friend Anna Marcalone, who is also a psychotherapist. And I kept saying, I need to connect those two, like, so they can get to know each other. And it's not a coincidence. We don't believe in coincidence, right? Um, at all. Uh, she hosts summits. She's, you know, she's a certified uh, uh, elite coach. Um, she's, I, I know this is really cool. This is one of the cool things when I'm looking at some of the stuff she's doing, you know, mm -hmm. she's, she's becoming a brain coach. Right. And I think, and, and I think that this, what's excelled my business in the health and wellness industry and in the nutrition industry is, is numerous things like, you know, no one size fits all. I do DNA testing, but for me, it's d diving into the heart of people mm -hmm. and, and getting into their heart and their brain. You know, I, I had a new client um, recently that lost his wife three weeks prior to our first session from colon cancer. And um, I have to be honest with you, it was really emotional for me because I've helped so many people with colon cancer. And you always feel like, man, I wish I would have met this person sooner, right? And, and little did I know he was separated from his wife and they'd been married 40 years. And then I had my second session with them and just so much happened after that, right? Like, And you just realize like, man, I've really found a different calling in my life to take people deeper than just the, 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 the body part, right. And the health and the nutrition that we have a spirit, soul, and body. And when I read Amy's bio, she talks about that. We have a spirit, soul, and body. Right. And so um, I'm going to let her tell her story, but Amy being a has now became a friend of my wife and I, and we really value her um, in many ways, but most of all, she's my sister but she's my friend. And so welcome to the Heat Flows podcast. I'm glad you're here. Oh, thank you so much, Michael. It is such an honor to be here. And 
you and your beautiful wife, Lisa, were like instant family, you know, and God certainly does that with, with all of us. Um, and yet there are certain people who you really do connect with in a special way, you know, and you have that kind of immediate familiarity that I don't ever believe in coincidences, but especially in that, that's something for us that's, that's really a spiritual um, kind of presence. And I loved that because it just has flowed naturally. Um, and our conversations flow so naturally because it's more than just the two of us in the room talking. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah. We're two or more gathered, right? Yes. Well, why, Amy, why don't you do this? Why don't you tell me a little bit about who you are, like where you came from? Like, I know you're back in your grassroots now up in Michigan, close to your family again. And on the water, we were talking about how God opened the same type of scenario for both of us. But tell me a little bit about your journey, about you know where you started, your background, a little bit about where you are now. And then I, I, I already have a couple of things that I'm going to ask you. So I'm, I'm ready to listen to, to know more about you first. Great. Well, my journey, um, I am currently a trauma and relationship psychotherapist and coach, and I focus on helping women and couples, primarily entrepreneurs, um, because I really have found a special calling. And that's such a part of my heart. And it blends both my 20-year corporate career and my 20-plus year career in psychotherapy and coaching. Um, and I, we work on their life relationships and their business, you know, and their mindset. But my journey with that really started uh, 20 years ago, Michael, when, when I um, was 28, well, 29, I should say. <laughs> I'm making myself younger. Um, I thought you were only 29 now. Come well, on thank now. you. Thank you. That's, that's a huge compliment. Um, but it started when um, I almost died from an eating disorder. And I was battling anorexia um, and had battled it off and on um, from the age of five. And um, it was a 5.30 a.m., you know, getting in the workout room, which I had no business being in. And I got on the scale and um, I was running as hard away from God as I could, as fast as I could. Um, he never, of course, leaves us. And so at that moment, he really woke me up and helped me see that I weighed what I did when I was nine. And something inside my mind just flipped. And he picked me up. That's how I describe it. And I decided in that moment that I wanted to live and I wanted to recover. And of course, um, I was raised in a, in a family where everything had purpose. So I immediately wanted to help the world, you know, but what I had to go through, what I got to go through was, you know, a decade or so of intense therapy and uncovering the source of so many of my blind spots was in unresolved trauma in my life. And I never would have used that word because at that point it was nowhere close to being in the vernacular that it, that it has now. Um, but I really uncovered so much about traumas that I had silenced. Um, I had stayed quiet. And my silence was being shattered as I healed through each of these wounds and I gave voice to them. And it also started my trajectory on a, on a side um, passion, which really is functional nutrition and functional medicine and understanding genetics, because I so understood how this was systemic. It wasn't just in my heart and my mind. This was also in my body and what I put in my body affects how I react 
and how I respond and, and especially for someone with an eating disorder. And so I began the journey of, of healing, you know, and I had been through a divorce. I had been through um, child molestation outside my home when I was just five. I had been through emotionally abusive relationships. And certainly I encountered a couple more of those after I began the therapeutic journey. But um, all of that just stoked my passion, you know, because even as I've navigated some serious chronic health issues that they're still trying to, to diagnose what is at the forefront of my mind, Michael, even in this darkest moments, God reminds me that I am going through this in order to be able to help somebody else going through it. And that has given me stamina and endurance. Um, and it's also given me a whole lot of breadth in terms of the ways that I can help people um, because of the variety of experiences that I've had. And wow. so, um, and after about seven years of working with me, my therapist um, guided me back to a relationship with the Lord. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of tie a bow on it with this story that, you know, in, in 2007, I said, you know, it would be so much easier if I didn't have hope because hope is where pain enters in because there's a, an expectation that something could be better and what I'm in is not that great. Um, I said, if I didn't have hope, I would still be okay. Um, and she said, but Amy, that's not how God works. That isn't who God is. And that really allowed me to see God with new eyes. And so that began you know, a whole new renewed relationship with, with my Lord and my faith and all of what that means to me. That's so good. That's so good. And I wrote a couple of things down that I want to talk about. So, but then, then you gave me one more before the first one which is okay, <laughs> how that works. So um, it, it, let's talk about hope a little bit because, yeah. and then I'll, and then I'll, I'll, I'll kind of preface this because I like to do this. So I don't keep people kind of off guard. I'll have you thinking, I'll have you share this. What, what hope means, but I found out now it's, it's, it's not a coincidence. I've interviewed now one other person that went through the exact, I feel like you just told her story. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and it's, 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 you know, uh, and she, and you'll hear it because she's going to be on my podcast. She's already inter the interviews in the queue and I'll have to send it to you when it comes out. But, but right. it, she gave me, you know, total, she shares it a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I make sure that I get my people to, to tell me what we can and can't say, right? Because we're very confidential Audi with people and, and people are, I think healing, telling your story brings healing, right? And I think, you know, I was telling you about my, my new client who just lost his wife. I led him to Christ the first session, right? And, um, and, uh, and, you know, just ever since then, it's just been weeping and healing and freedom. Wow. And, and so talk about, and then I'll, I'll tell you what we're going to go into next. I want to go into talking about the effects because my friend uh, Danica, she's she struggled with her health too, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because of the the eating disorders at a younger age, and 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 it's had a long effect on her, like effect on her gut and effect on her brain and her emotions and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, and she brought up the word hope, which is not a coincidence mm -hmm. too. So, share a little bit about that, about hope and what hope brings to people, because I feel like we're in. We're in, and, and I'm not going to use the word from, from my perspective because, you know, I don't believe we're in a pandemic. I believe every day 
you know, the world will say we're in a pandemic, right? And I believe that, you know, we've been in a pandemic of obesity and, uh, you know, heart disease and cancer and uh, uh, limiting beliefs and, and fear and a whole bunch of things for, for decades, right? Um, and, and none of this gets by God. Like, it's not, you know, it was really, it was really interesting. A very prominent guy that I know who's, been uh, a mentor of mine, won a Nobel Peace Prize. He's a nutritionist and super smart guy. And he said, isn't it funny? He said, Mike, you will appreciate this more than anything. And I've been seeing this recently. He says, isn't it funny how science has caught up to the Bible? And I was like, wow, can I get you to, can I record you saying that? Right. You know, and it's, it's, you know, coming from a Jewish guy. I'm like, really? Like, you know, and, and now it's, it's, it's the manifestation of God's word that's becoming flesh and it's becoming real. Right. And uh, so talk about that. Talk about hope a little bit. Well, I think, um, I, first of all, I love that I worked in genetics and I worked for Francis Collins, who's now the head of NIH. And, and he said that essentially in his, in his um, latest book, and, um, you know, he, he certainly understands that at a level I never will, um, because of the intricacies, but I think it also, um, you know, for those of us who really do have a relationship with the Lord, the hope that that shows, you know, is that what we read in his words to us, which is what the Bible is, that's just God speaking, um, to us and giving us his love notes and all kinds of things and the best personal development book out there, I think. Um, but it also puts into context this bud buzzword of manifestation, you know, because that is such a hot topic. And, you know, I was, contem I was contemplating um, that whole concept, thinking, what is it about that that is such a draw? And it's, I believe, because it gives us the um, the chance at controlling what has felt uncontrollable mm. forever. And there's nothing more alluring to the human spirit than feeling like we can control what happens in our life. You know, we can control where we go and what we do. Well, we have that. It just comes through a very different source, you know, and it comes through a very different level of surrender. You know, we have that at a level that doesn't necessarily specify the circumstances, but it does specify who we are as we go through the circumstances, because that is ultimately what hope is all about. It is the confidence of things that we are really desiring. And if we have God in our hearts, those are God-given desires. It, it confirms that and says they're as good as done right? Which is what manifestation is. But we put that in the context of God's plan for us, because ultimately what I learned the very hardest way is that I will yield to his, his plan, no matter how tightly I'm gripping to my own, because they are infinitely better. And that wasn't arrived easily. That was arriving at me just about losing my life, just about losing my mind because of all of the stress and all of the toxicity in the relationships I was in. Um, but hope is securing that no matter what the specifics of the circumstance, 
the specifics of our heart and our identity and our peace and our love, which I think ultimately is what we really want to control, my level of peace and joy and love and sense of belonging, that we always have confidence in being able to have present if we have that hope in the right source. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I can't wait to go. I wrote, took some notes. I try to not take too many because I like to go back and listen to them with Lisa the next day before we put them in the queue. Um, and uh, that's so good. That's so good, Amy, because I think importance and you said, you know, identity and love, because sometimes for me, like um, I always, I always want to try to open doors that God has closed, right? Like just, just because I want to love people, right? And sometimes, and I experienced it today, to be honest with you, um, I, 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 it was loud and clear. And I think sometimes, you know, we, our identity becomes in the things that we can't control, right? And instead of, the, instead of just saying, okay, God, when I look in the mirror, my identity is in you and the things of God and the things that you're doing in my life. And I, um, you know, it, it just, it's, that's what it is. You know, it's, it's, um, it, it just, it just brings some clarity to me. And so, so talk about trauma a little bit, because I think it's, I think that's a very, we did a, a room and I know that you came in for a little bit with Dr. Nice and myself, we did a room a couple months back on trauma. And I think it probably could have went for 24 hours. Like people were coming in and, um, and, and it's so funny, me and my friend, Dr. Phil Carson, we just talked about this about a week ago about him coming out and telling some things he had never shared before. He's like, dude, I got to start sharing that more often. And I'm like, and, and I said, what, what, what happened? You know, he said, it just brought healing and restoration. And I had kind of suppressed it. You know, a lot of times people suppress things that they don't want to come to the forefront. And I know, so talk about the, the last two things I really want to talk about is this, this bit of trauma and then how that trauma in our life, if we don't walk through it and, and, and forgiveness and identity and love and all that stuff and the healing that goes on, how it affects our health later on. Because I've noticed that a lot of people think about the physical, but they, they, it's really the journey that for you even started back when you were in your 20s, right? And I, I think that's super important. So talk about the effects of trauma um, with entrepreneurs, because I think a lot of them um, I think when I watch people, when I watch, you know, when, when we watch things from God's perspective, um, uh, you know, we, we want to love everybody, right? But sometimes we just can't because of that trauma and toxicity and stuff that goes on. And, and, and if we don't set up those boundaries and we don't have those uh, uh, set in stone boundaries, then things don't always go the way they should go, Right. And so talk about that a little bit. Talk about trauma and how that affects, you know, us along our journey in life, but really, and in, in it kind of bleeds over into our entrepreneurial journey from what I've found. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Well, first of all, trauma is stored primarily in the body. And there's a fantastic book, Michael, you may be very familiar with it called The Body Keeps the Score. Um written by Dr. Basil Vanderkolk. And I've trained with him and he is just an incredible man who understands the reason it's stored in the body is because the traumatic event traps you from being able to react in the way that you naturally would. You would run, you would fight back, you would do something, but you are not able to do that in the moment for whatever reason. 
um, whether you were physically restrained or you just were frozen emotionally and couldn't act physically. And so it gets stuck in there. And if you can imagine, it's sort of like this revving engine in your body um, that's constantly going until we start to release it. In fact, it's even stored in the, the hemisphere of the brain that is where we dream. And so for entrepreneurs, it literally burns part of that part of the brain um, because the stress is stored there. It also exacerbates inflammation. It exacerbates GI issues, um, headaches, um, all kinds of manifestations. And mine, the physical damage we've actually traced back to when I was five. Um, mm. And so it really- I think my wife went through that. I think yeah. that's the same age that my wife was molested at like five. Um, yeah. Wow. And it sort of lays this stamp on your body and your mind and your brain. It also cuts blood flow off to the language center of the brain. Mm. So we don't have words. So if you can imagine, we are basically there with duct tape over our mouths to be able to express the pain. Our bodies are frozen. And yet inside of us is this revving stress and trauma that starts to just tax the body and starts to tax the heart. It starts to tax your ability to show up in relationships, your ability to draw boundaries, your ability mm. to articulate what you're feeling and what your needs are. And so it hampers so much. And if you think about all of those things, both in our relationships at home, but also our relationships in business, it's essentially like having our foot on the, on the accelerator and the brake at the same time. You know you want to move forward. You know you want to impact change. You, you know you want to have this breakthrough or you know you want to have this deep connection and this deep intimacy. But inside, because of all of the unresolved trauma, even if it's what we call little t trauma, which happened to almost everybody. I don't know anybody who has not had at least a little t trauma, which can be things like a move that was particularly stressful. Um, it can be a certain atmosphere of the home that was more acrimonious and lots of conflict. Like living they, with an alcoholic father that beats your mom. That would be a big T trauma. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's major, Michael. And it is my heart just, you know, for everybody and for you, you know, my heart just aches for what I know that little part of you went through. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and even being able to, re to, to forgive my father nowadays and have a relationship with him as, 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 as I've had to really work at it, you know? I'm sure. Because our brains are both, the part of the brain where the memory is stored doesn't have a timestamp. So a trauma trigger is basically something that throws you back into that region of the brain. And it's like what just happened with your mom and your dad was just yesterday. And so we react to current circumstances with past emotion. And that's essentially what a trauma trigger is. And it feels out of context and yet it feels very real, yeah, you know, and trying to navigate that. Um, and that's part of the inner child work that we do, whether it's about business or whether it's about home, because 
healing your inner child allows you to show up in both places fully. It isn't just woo woo and, you know, all touchy feely. It is so incredibly impactful. It's so good. That's so good. That's so good. And I think one of the things for me, the reason why I like to listen to this and, and ask you these questions is because, you know, even now, and I've realized a lot of stuff about, um, you know, just like stuff that my wife went through, you know, how God suppressed a lot of her memories of finding out who her dad was and, you know, and then, then her father passing away recently and realizing that he was not her biological father. I'm, I, I kind of wonder, like, you know, I think she handled it a lot better during that time phrase because of that, you know, now she, you know, she's getting to know her actual biological father. I think there's a lot of stuff that goes on emotionally. Like even with me, like, you know, I, 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 I believe that when I forgave my dad, it made things a lot easier for me from an in, inside perspective for me. Mm-hmm. Like I just, you know, when your parents get older, you know, like my dad's 80 some years old, right? Like he's just set in his ways, right? Like he's, you know, as much as I've been able to help him with his health, they told me he's going to die 10 years ago. And, you know, from a genetic standpoint, I've been able to get him to live a lot longer. I think he'll probably live a lot longer if he's not as ornery as he, as he can be. But it, it's just amazing how, you know, a man who really doesn't take great care of himself, how, you know, what you were saying is, is, you know, it, he forgets things like he forgets that he tried to, you know, the things that went on, like trying to put a gun to my head and, you know, trying to kill my mom. And I mean, just all this stuff. Right. Like, and I, and I don't think he intentionally lies about it. I just think he suppressed it and doesn't have a, an acknowledgement that all this stuff went on. Like, like, you know, he beat my mom from head to toe. She couldn't go out of the house for a month. Right. And just all this stuff. Right. And, and I really had suppressed a lot of it, Amy. And I think God allowed me to do that. I think God allowed me not to have a lot of memories of that stuff. And for me, you know, I, now that you say it, I can see how there's some deeper things that I'm continuing to work through that, I mean, I feel super healthy, but I think there's some things inside of me that I can continue to work on. And I think we're always, so maybe you could, let's, let's finish with that. Talk a little bit about how it's a journey and how people try to race through these things and try to say, Oh, I'm, I'm great. And, yeah. and you know, they're not right. Like, you know, you know, um, when I, when I was had this, this recent client, it was first session with them. The Holy spirit said, ask him if he's struggling with guilt and shame. And I was like, really? I just met the guy. <laughs> okay. God, like right off the bat. Right. Like, let's just dive in. Right. And I'm like, could we talk about like his eating or something? And God's like, no, cut, jump right in. Right. And so, and he said, and then he just lost it weeping. And, you know, he said, I'm not a good father. And, you know, we, with the first two sessions, that's all we dove into was him going back to his kids and, you know, his wife and him were apart when they died and they'd been married 40 years and they were still married. They're still married now, except she just passed away. And I think sometimes we rush into these things, right? And we rush right past the things that are, are super important. So talk a little bit about the journey of that and the healing process that goes on and, and how it can affect our health, right? Like it can affect this trauma. And we had numerous people, like I even just said to this, to a friend of mine about a doctor friend of ours, I think some of the physical stuff that he's going through is because he's still struggling, struggling with some trauma from his tilt, his children and what they're going through and PTSD and, 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 you know, uh, struggling with, you know, being able to have a newborn and just all that stuff that goes on through that. So share, finish up with that a little bit. Tell me a little bit about how that affects 
you know, not just myself, but other people, my wife, and how that that journey is it, through healing goes. Because I think right. it's important. Um, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and as I said, it's it's because the event gets lodged in the body, and the body is trying to solve it all the time. And so um, there's something called somatic experiencing, and somatic, of course, has to do with our body, right? And and so we can use the body and the discomfort of the body with a trained person. This isn't something that everybody should be trying. With a trained person, we can go in and, and I talk someone through a physical symptom that they're having, whether it's, oh, I just, I feel like I have a knot in my stomach. And so we focus in on that and we start to give it words because remember, it's the lack of ability to express and release the trauma that causes it to get stored in the body. Um, and when we start to give it words, it can start to alleviate some of the physical symptoms. Mm. Wow. And it, it's a, that's an enormous simplification of a very complicated process. And yet it is so powerful to sit with someone. And like you, Michael, my my style is very intuitive. You know, the Holy Spirit is who that is for me. And I would never have known to ask questions that I ask. And I get those on a regular basis for my clients about areas that I need to dive into and things that I literally see in my mind that they have not shared with anybody. And, and that is something that is sacred to me. Um, but it's also about understanding how it's it's trying to get out. Essentially, the trauma is trying to speak, and it chooses the body. Somatic and experiencing, you said, right? Somatic experiencing is the technique, right? And so, when we start to use the body kind of as an instruction manual for how to help someone heal, that's a component of healing. And oftentimes, just like if you if a child were scared, you know, it would take you a while to get them to trust you enough to open up, right? And so you slowly build trust with that child. That's what it's like in trauma. You know, either people want to say, just go in and go deep and, and just get it over with because I want to know and I want to move on, which never works because you cannot rush that. It's like saying to a child, come on, trust me. Come on, trust me. Let's just get this over with. I think the fear is that it's going to be so overwhelmingly painful and so long that it is almost incomprehensible. Oh. And it is like an abyss. You know, the tears, I say people cry old tears. I cried old tears tears that were waiting to be released. And that's very much a physical sensation. Um, but it is about establishing this is a journey. It doesn't mean that we stay in the pain forever or that we have to relive every single frame by frame moment, because often traumatic memories happen like in a movie trailer. It's just flashes. You know, you do not have a sequence of events for your trauma necessarily. And that doesn't mean that it's any less real. It's about what the mind can hold and tolerate. Ooh. And so um, I just think it's important because we are on a journey. It becomes part of your journey. Does it mean that you're never going to be healed? No, it just means that you, as you go along, there are times that are better than others 
for your mind and your heart to recall certain memories and to, to navigate through them. And that's something that took me a while to get through. Like, I've done all this work. How is this still coming up? But it's another layer of it, you know, right. and, and with my body, it's all about grace. Because my body has had to endure things that it never should have that an 80-year-old deals with because of the stress of the, of the trauma that I went through. And it's been the best journey of grace, you know, as I sit in waiting rooms with a bunch of geriatric patients and I have to love myself in that moment and still have hope and nothing stops me. I still work out six, seven days a week. Um, and just am on a journey to be in the most extraordinary shape and have healing and health for my body as I age and reverse aging is what it's about. But I love it, that. healing my trauma is a big part of that. I love so that. I, I know we're short on time. Yeah, yeah no, I know that. No, it's, that. it's good. We'll finish with this. And, and, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I think it's super important. You know, when I, it, it gives me, it gives me an encouragement you know, uh, you know, even to work through things with my wife and things that you go through, especially, you know, when you're going through those type of things in a marriage, you know. So thank you for sharing all that. I'm going to I'm excited to even for my wife to listen to this and for other clients and people to l listen to this because we've started to send them out through emails and stuff. So people that can also listen to them that way in their own time, because a lot of people just are busy. Right. And um, and 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 so thank you for making the time to encourage. I, I was I told you I'm I like to be encouraged, right? And I think that this stuff encourages me. And when we're encouraged, we want more people to 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 experience that encouragement. So um, tell us real quick before we go. Tell us where people can connect with you, find out more about what you're doing, and learn more about you know some of these things that you've talked about. I love this somatic experience. I'm going to be looking this up and researching some stuff about it because you know me, I just love this stuff, right? I so, know. Yeah. I know. We can talk more, but the best place to find me is really on Instagram um, at Amy Van Slambrook. I'm there. I'm the one in my DMs. Um, or on my website, amyvanslambrook.com. I also have a Facebook group and I'll be hosting a free workshop there in October um, about resetting. Um, but I also just really want to encourage people to reach out to me on Instagram and um, connect with me there. However, I can help and support. I am here. This is my, my calling and my mission. And um, yeah, just- I love it. I love that. And I, I say this to always finish our podcast. And Amy, thank you for, for, for joining me today. I say this, the only way people get to see this is if you share it, you know, out to friends, you know, I had one of my clients today who just lost 70 pounds. Um, and she, 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 she went through a lot of inner healing with her and stuff. And she, she, she listened to another podcast that I had done with uh, uh, Kim Walsh Phillips, who's another believer and who's in the marketplace. And, and she, she's like, Michael, I just take a note after note after note. Right. And I, I think that that's, that's what's important that we, the difference between, I say this all the time, difference between wisdom and knowledge is action. You can hear all this stuff and know that you need to do it, but unless you take action on it, um, it just becomes words. It just becomes words on the paper, you know, if you don't take the action that you need to do. So I say this as I finish every podcast, I think the first thing that you need to do is you need to love God first. Uh, you need to love people and you need to live with passion, vision, and purpose. Passion, vision, and purpose, right? Because uh, God tells us people perish for lack of knowledge and wisdom, right? And God says the reason we lack wisdom is because we don't ask for it. So I challenge you today that if you're listening to this, to ask God for wisdom because his wisdom combined with your wisdom is much greater than just your wisdom by yourself. And so thanks for listening to another session of the Heat Fluence podcast. 
Till the next time, God bless you. This is Michael Huey and I'm out. Thank you for listening to the Heatfluence Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And as always, you can follow Michael on all social media platforms at Michael David Huey or www.michaeldavidhuey.com. Until next time, God bless and take care.